Welcome to Five After Midnight. It's a new show where we talk about the things the way you would around a sleep-deprived kitchen table. When you've run five or more calls after midnight, your brain feels half gone, and you and your crew have absolutely no filter. Just pure honesty. The goal of this series is to kick around the small things that really aren't so small and have a big impact in the way our firehouses function. My name is Stephanie. I'm genuinely not an expert at anything. I'm just here to ask the sometimes awkward questions. Enjoy. Well, thank you for doing this. Um, I'm talking with John Vogt today. He's the owner and founder of CBD One Rescue out of warm and sunny, not snowing right now, not covered like Buffalo, Florida. Um, and John, <laughs> you came on my radar probably a couple months ago when I started doing a lot of my research on cannabis in the fire department. And you thoroughly impressed me with just how all-inclusive isn't the right term, just how vast your knowledge of CBD is and how you address almost every aspect and question I could have about the product you cover both in your posts, in your podcasts, um, and, and across your social media. You're incredibly thorough about education. So I know you own your own company, but this, this clearly isn't a pitch and a sell for you. This is something you really believe in. So walk me through your journey. How did all this start? Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And um, it's kind of hard. I mean, I know you've written articles um, on cannabis and the fire service. And I know this is like a difficult topic to really, um, you know, bridge through multiple generations. And it's extremely important to do so. Um, you know how hard it is gaining support and friends in this uh, in this industry. So thank you. It's, it's important. Um, and uh, yeah, so Rescue One CBD was started because I... I had a really uh, significant foot surgery where I had to get um, three, I had to get three joints in my foot fused and I couldn't, I can't move my foot left and right anymore. I can only move it up and down. I had a, a, a triple arthrodesis. So after that, um, I was on opiates for months and um, I was taking them every day. Um, I totally became dependent on them and uh, the lack of sleep that, that happened after I stopped them and the, the process of trying to stop them really sucked just to say like that's the only thing i can describe it as it sucked um and you know it, it totally ruined my sleep among other things but um that's how i discovered cbd and just trying to find like on the internet like searching for natural sleep stuff because i did everything from trying to just get really drunk to fall asleep um which doesn't work by the way uh, i just wake up hung over in the middle of the night and then you know melatonin didn't work for me um, I was trying to take like valerian root and all like these really naturopathic, you know, uh, things that I thought would help and, um, you know, stumbled across CBD. But the issue was always there's THC in it. So you can fail a drug test if you take it. Um, you know, I tried to research like THC safe stuff and, and nobody really wanted to put their name out there that they were guaranteeing zero, T, truly zero THC. Um, I actually started uh, working for a CBD company. Um, I hated what they did. They were totally like scam artists, marketers. And, um, so I, uh, started my own and, um, I have no background in business. I do a little bit of e-commerce stuff, like, you know, with myself and my fiance, and it's always kind of been a hobby of mine, but 
Um, I'm not a, I'm not a businessman. I didn't go to school for this stuff. I just kind of, uh, saw what it did for me in the fire service. And I wanted to bring that to everybody else. Cause I feel like we're kind of getting the short end of the stick here when it comes to, you know, treating a lot of things at ALS in the fire service. And, uh, I believe this is a really good um, tool that we should be using and, and not be afraid of because it can be made properly. After I completely immersed myself in the business and the industry and understanding the back end, all the way from planting uh, hemp to farming it to how it gets extracted and produced and then the lab testing, I wanted to know every aspect. And I, I after talking to a lot of people that are much, much smarter than me, realize that you can make this stuff um, drug test friendly. And there's a really secret formula that I'll share here with you. Uh, you can't fail a THC drug test if there's no THC in it. So like, that's basically it, but it's really hard to do that and to get it down to a safe level, what, what everyone is, is disagreeing upon what is safe. So we just take it down to the lowest measurable amount that drug tests can look for, and that's parts per billion. And we put it at zero. So I'm going to stop so you right, right there really and ask a question. Um, so the last time I really researched using CBD was probably about three to four years ago. And back then, the school of thought was CBD is mostly THC free, but in order for it to be truly beneficial and, and reach a therapeutic threshold, the belief back then was it has to have some THC in it. Has Was that school of thought, I mean, recently changed or just did I read the wrong things all along? What, how, how does CBD work without THC? Because I think that's a very, very common misconception out there. Yeah, it, it is. It, to some extent, that is true. You know, I I, I know that um, from from reading a ton of research, and um, I've put in thousands of hours, not exaggerating, of of studying CBD over the years. And um, the the truth is, is that neurologists have coined a term called the entourage effect. That is the essentially the concept is all of the cannabinoids in the hemp plant, along with, you know, some of the oils and fats that are naturally in there all work together to achieve stimulation of your endocannabinoid system. And there are basically two spots in your endocannabinoid system, CB1 and CB2. CBD is a weak stimulator of those receptor sites. And so THC along with it helps stimulate those. Um, now CBD is really strong uh, in reducing inflammation, and it's really strong in binding to serotonin sites. It actually binds to serotonin directly, uh, the, the sites in your body that, that stimulate serotonin, the 5-HT sites. So, like, you know, it has its strengths, but pain relief is not one of them. You know, really? CBD does not reduce pain like THC. THC is the king of pain relief. Um, what, what I always say to people is, you know, if your pain is from inflammation, then CBD is, a, is, is great. It helps reduce chronic inflammation over time. But, um, you know, THC directly affects your pain reception, perception. So ingesting THC stops pain um, transmission. You know what I mean? Like CBD does not do that. It reduces inflammation Two totally different things. So, yeah, it does work better for pain relief. But when it comes to inflammation, CBD is the king. 
Um, it is way better at reducing inflammation than THC is. Um, and it's also better for sleep than THC is contrary to popular belief. Um, and you know, those two things are the most prominent, but one thing that's also really common is anxiety and THC does have this untoward effect in a subset of people that's pretty large relatively. And that is, it causes anxiety. That's the whole feeling of paranoia. That's, you know, the common, um, you know, tail with THC after you smoke weed or you ingest THC edibles or something like that, you feel really paranoid or, you know, uh, that's anxiety. It's, it's a little bit of a, um, drawback to THC. And a lot of people claim that CBD, uh, helps negate some of those effects. Now there's a lot of research on this and it goes in both directions. Some, the most recent research says that CBD has no effect on reducing THC uh, re reducing the like high or the anxiety feelings of THC. And um, that was at a King's College London. It just got published like three weeks ago. But then there's tons of research that says the opposite. So we know that that there is some effect that CBD and THC have on each other. Um, but when they say that THC or CBD is more effective with THC in it, that's specifically for pain relief. And that's, um, of course, because THC is just so much better at it, you know. So in your journey, how much have you felt and noticed just the stig stigma surrounding CBD? Because it's it's coming from the same plant, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, hemp, uh, hemp obviously socially accepted as a useful part of the plant, but it seems like anything outside of that is still going to yeah. carry this name of being part of the marijuana plant. Have you had a lot of people come into you saying, hey... I need something. I've, I've got injuries, which which we all get. If if you haven't been injured yet on in your career, your day's coming. It's not me putting a hex on you. It's just science and facts. Unfortunately, yeah. Right. Um, how much have you had people come to you and saying, "Hey, how how can I make this work for me? I'm 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 terrifying of failing a piss test or somebody finding out, seeing it in my bag, whatever, and me getting in trouble." Is that a common thing for you? Extremely. Um, you know. And and it's it's such a it's such a a broad problem uh, in the fire service that that um, you know we've kind of done to ourselves you know I don't blame people chiefs included for um, you know coming up to me and saying like look I, I can't support this because it comes from cannabis and uh, I'm like I totally understand why you think like that because we've been you know re rehashing the same uh thought process for decades and you know we're a reflection of society's culture too and society you know for decades did not um you know did not vote any kind of in favor of of uh, cannabis and only until recently it's changed and technically hemp and marijuana were the same plant up until four years ago by law right. so you know of course there's this uh, even though they're cousins um they're not really the same plant, you know, by law, they were up until 2018. And, um, you know, so yeah, that is a big problem that people come up to me. And, and there's partially, Stephanie, there's a stigma about, um, you know, the fact that it's marijuana. Partially, it's they believe that CBD is snake oil. Like, how could this compound that comes from cannabis that's not THC do absolutely anything? And then part of it is, um, you know, that they, they see this and they just don't trust that 
you know, the, the brand, whether it's mine or someone else's, can possibly make this as safe every single time um, and guarantee that they're going to pass a drug test. You know what I mean? So it's it's tricky. And, and those those things are the big ones that I fight. And um, ultimately, look, I could I could put up the best educational stuff. I could answer every question and I could I could um, show you the data behind everything that I do and why I do it. But ultimately, you still have to decide if you want to take this and trust that I'm not going to, you know, make a product that's going to end your career, you know, so like, that's a big ask, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and say that, um, you know, I, I, I think that everybody should just trust me right off the bat. And they're like, Oh, yeah, man, the CBD guy says it's cool. <laughs> you know, like, that's <clears throat> stuff. So I think it's a combination of those things. One of the most fascinating things to me about the fire department is when new technology comes down the pike, um, if it's an of the moment thing, we all, we all jump on it. We're all uh, obviously within a certain degree of what it is. Um, everybody's fascinated by it of, of the moment science and all that. Everybody keeps up on it. Uh, whether change gets implemented or not is a totally different thing. But the funny thing about this is we are, we're not experts in health, right? We're not, we're firemen. Right, right. Um, and I would say past what, five or six years, you tell me, I think CBD has really been touted by athletes and we have mm -hmm. an athletic trainer, um, you know, college football. I think he did a little bit of pro football as well. Um, really, really, really knowledgeable guy, highly educated. And when he came on board, he said, Hey, you know, for all of those who want a more natural thing, don't want to do opioids, don't want to do nerve blockers, try CBD. Um, and he was posting articles about it, doing all this stuff. And the kibosh had to be put on that, which I thought was very interesting because the kibosh was put on it by people who have no medical background, aren't pro athletes. Um, and, you know, they're sitting in an office, so their chance of injury is... Um, we're going to put yeah. around 0.001% paper cuts well, do carpal happen. Tunnel, you yeah, know, you know. Serious. <laughs> uh, it could sprain your ankle getting up from that chair nap. But I, I find that so fascinating that when it comes to this subject, we're so quick to stomp on it. And we ha we don't have the educational background to do it. But we've decided to stomp on it and stand firm in that. Um, it's amazing doing some of the research I've been doing. It's crazy how many how few East coast and I'm just kind of diving into the West coast, but East coast, how few departments have adopted, started to adopt this science have started to look at this subject. Uh, and, and even fewer, very, very tiny amount have embraced this and gotten ahead of the game with, with the science. Um, yeah. so that's, that's just what, what caught my attention is, you know, we're not, we're not experts and yet we're not seeking expert consult. But if a doctor, you know, here now today is going to write me a prescription for opioids, when we've already proven through lawsuits, through research, hey, we, we created opioids to be addictive, that's the science we're going to be okay with for some reason because the medical community has put their stamp on that harmful thing. Um, and we can't, yeah. we can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like I, I uh, the podcast you did with, um, what was it? Pittsburgh, you, you yeah, interviewed, Pittsburgh. and I think they've, I mean, talked about courage. Um, they paved the way. Because, oh my God, like, and to be, um, to do that, 
they've been that's been over a year now is it two years it's been i believe they're closing on on four years four years okay so so it's been a to minute. have that's crazy um because i think in five years from now that's not going to be uncommon i think there's going to be a lot of departments all over the country that are embracing what they're doing but four years ago you know from today uh, that that's that's very very early i believe you know and and it just wasn't as um, understood you know now fdny has um i know they're working out kinks but I, I know they have it open but one thing that i believe causes what you were just saying is the um the 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 problem that is perceived whether it's perceived or, or there's a workaround the problem that they will lose federal funding for grants if they allow any kind of substance that is um, federally prohibited. So ironically, more departments have policies in place regarding THC than they do CBD. But CBD isn't, let's clarify right now, that's not federally prohibited because I can walk into Wegmans and I can go find CBD right now, which is hysterical. It is. And and gas station CBD is like, that's always like my go-to joke. You know, like I'm not selling this stuff in a gas station because a lot of people do. But, you know, um, uh, you know, in my union contract, um, which I won't say where I work because they've specifically asked me multiple times not to. But in my union contract, they have written that we're not allowed to use cannabis products. And they wrote that specifically for CBD, because at the time they wrote that it was like 2016 and cannabis and CBD were considered the same thing. Right. Well, now the word cannabis only applies to marijuana so technically we are allowed to use cbd but in conversations with my union and fire department leadership um with whom i have a great relationship with you know it's not bitter or anything they know what i do they don't like it but they know what i do and I, I'm, I'm just asking that question like hey look this isn't considered cannabis anymore you know they're like you still can't do it because in their mind that has that rule was written with the spirit of the law of saying you're not we don't want you to do this so that is the problem that I'm saying is compounded all throughout the country is that people probably this in some subsets still think that there is a uh, there is a, a, a federally illegal component to CBD or um, they're worried about, you know, putting THC in their contract for that reason. And I, I, um, I don't know if, if you guys brought that up on the Pittsburgh podcast. I can't remember or how they worked around that. But and it's in your research, you know, like it's. It, I, I don't know how other departments are, are looking at that. I know the drug-free workplace has a, has a workaround, and there is a loophole there, um, you know, because technically you just can't do drugs at work. Uh, so that's how FDNY has like their their thing going um, with THC off duty. But uh, I think that's where like what you were saying, where a lot of people are just disregarding experts. It's because they feel that there are you know, forces at play that they're unsure of, and they'd rather, they, they think they're being safe than sorry by just saying zero, you know? So they put they put the kibosh on it for that reason, I believe. It's funny, you talked about snake oil a couple minutes ago. Um, I have never, ever done anything with THC in it. I grew up in a, I, I grew up in the Me Washington D.C. area where dad had a top secret clearance, grandfather had top secret clearance. You just, you were, you were taught, you mess with this, you're not going to potentially get the career you want. So, by the yeah. time I was old enough to realize I didn't want a top secret clearance, I had joined the fire department. <laughs> it was already too late. <laughs> yeah, it was already too late. Uh, my time will come. Yeah. Retirement will happen. But the funny thing yeah. is, is having never touched the product, CBD, um, marijuana, any kind of cannabis, 
I've found that just in talking about it, which my talking about it is, is asking questions because I have chronic pain issues and, and I'd like to eventually find an answer for that. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's There's been a brand, and I don't say that in a negative way because it hasn't been a negative brand, but it's just hilarious how now... Any kind there's any anytime there's any kind of article having to do with marijuana and the fire service, it it ends up in my inbox and in my text messages. There's a phone call, Instagram, Facebook. Hey, have you seen this from? <clears throat> excuse me from from all corners of the country, and it, it's it's funny because there has been a little bit of a stigma, a brand now because so few people are talking about it that that the the ones who are everything's instantly going to be slid your way, and um, yeah talking about Pittsburgh, anytime I've gone to talk to other departments, it's been, well, you know, who'd be really, really good to talk to. You should go talk to the guys from, from Pittsburgh. Um, and it's, it's funny cause I can't get a diversity of thoughts from departments because their answer is go talk to Pittsburgh because everyone who has yeah. it, not everyone, but most of the departments who have it are still so nervous to talk about you know, it, it's, it's like, what, have, what have we done? Um, they're, yeah. they're still incredibly nervous about it. And part of it is they don't want it to get taken away. Part of it is, uh, recruiting. Everyone's struggling with recruiting. So they're not sure, well, is this going to brand me in a bad way, in a good way? It's just, it's not being talked about. Um, so from the CBD side of things to get back on the nerd track, <laughs> injuries, My favorite. yeah, Injuries and pain. So sitting at the kitchen table yesterday, one of the guys coming off shift was there. And then part of the battalion management team came in and the three of us have the same various degrees of the same, same injury, herniated disc or bulging discs, or we're all, we're all somewhere on that disc injury scale. And just sitting back, listening to the things being said, two of them had had surgery. I have not, I'm waiting till I retire because why get surgery and then screw it up again is my my thing. Um, and just listening to them talk and how surgery didn't stick, pain came back, and well, I'm I'm on I'm on duty. I can't do meds, but I can't feel my leg. Listening to just the truly truly limited options we had, and in just one firehouse, in the span of half an hour, you have just three people sitting at one table. I mean, the odds are are very large you're going to end up with a very, very painful, almost career, um, career ending injury. And yet sitting there listening to how limited everybody's options were just sucked. Plain old sucked. Talk to me about CBD. And you, you said pain, obviously it can't take away the pain because it doesn't have THC, but you said it does have a lot of inflammation proprieties to it. How is that going to help with something like a disc or a spinal injury or knee injuries, shoulder injuries? Talk me through that. You know, I don't know how much it does, honestly. Uh, I've, I've, and and this is both from my research and trying it with people. I've, I've had some, um, really interesting, unfortunately interesting cases like throughout the country where I'm like, Hey, just try this stuff out and let me know, you know, and you know, spinal stenosis really haven't found, um, a, a good use case for it. I mean, maybe the dose that I'm offering and that um, this has been researched just isn't high enough. But um, again, like it's not a painkiller. It's an inf- it's an anti-inflammatory. And, um, you know, like if Advil or Tylenol is not going to reduce the pain, 
then CBD probably isn't either. That's a good real rule of thumb. Um, you know, there, there's a reason that they prescribe nerve blockers and opiates because some of these things, the nerve, the pain on a, on a nervous transmission is, is intense. And, you know, like taking um, a Tylenol is crazy after a surgery. Like if somebody would have given me Tylenol after my foot surgery, I would have, you know, punched him in the face. It would have been almost criminal. Yeah, yeah it would have been criminal. Um, you know, so so there's that. But the the question that comes up is, you know, how much pain is related to that inflammation? So I know with a herniated disc, you know, your pain is related to that 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 bulging disc in between two vertebrae. And depending on how you move and it getting squeezed, you know, that pain increases. Um, I know that when it gets moved and you have that pain, inflammation happens to the area and that, um, you know, it, it makes it worse. So there is something to be said about reducing inflammation to lessen the pain um, and it needs to be done chronically. So, you know, with that in particular, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying, you know, if inflammation is related to the pain, then um, reducing inflammation helps. But there is no way that... Um, you know, CBD by itself is ever going to be as effective as an opiate or a nerve blocker. That's that's not what it does. Um, so you've noticed it's good for things like golfer's elbow, tennis elbow. Absolutely. The, the common, yeah, the Huge. joint. Okay. Which it, yeah. a lot of us suffer from. I mean, you're getting in and off of these too tall now rigs every day, multiple times a day. You're going to end up with that inflammation in all your joints at some point. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, 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 the research on inflammation, uh, I'm sorry, on arthritis, is super interesting because especially rheumatoid arthritis, it being a, an autoimmune issue. Um, and, you know, CBD basically, um, reduces what's called oxidative stress, you know, which is the, the, the building block for all autoimmune problems is, is an imbalance of, um, your immune system. You know what I mean? And it gets, it's getting a little bit um, out of whack, you get way too much inflammatory response from your immune system and CBD helps, um, reduce and or eliminate that. And, uh, you know, with, with that being said, you know, if you understand that, um, a reduction in chronic inflammation can help with some of these things like arthritis or organ damage that's from chronic inflammation that ends up leading to, uh, Alzheimer's, diabetes, and heart disease, the big, th the biggest three, uh, you know, it's it's easy to take CBD and put it into a category of things that it can help with. But I am not a, a, a big salesy person. I'm not going to sit here and try to, you know, find an angle that CBD will work for everything. I'd much rather just tell you straight up what it does not work for, because I don't want people to get the wrong idea about what this stuff is. That's where the sand oil I, comes know, from. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's so <laughs> true. Cure everything. Um, It'll cure everything. And I just, you know, I want the brand to be associated with honesty. And, um, you know, there's there's no way, again, there's no way it's going to be as effective as like an opiate or something like that. But it's not what it's there for at all. It's funny. I had a, a bitter little life moment the other day. Um, so here's the the paradox of, of working in the fire department is... I know we keep saying, well, I keep saying you're going to end up injured at some point. It, it just, it really is the fact of life. Um, and, and you could end up with multiple injuries, unfortunately. It's just, we're, we're tactical athletes. It's a cliche, but it's a true cliche. 
And Mm -hmm. the funny thing about our job is it's not a choice to not be in shape. I'm not going to be the the schmuck who's out of shape and, and somebody else has to carry my weight. And I potentially injure or worse someone because I'm out of shape, right? But if yeah. I'm injured, what happens when I go and work out? Um, I have a pain response that's even worse. So I may work mm-hmm. out for an hour, but then I, I'm in pain for six hours, potentially even 24 hours, right? So we yeah. build up this negative reaction to working out when we're injured and we don't have any kind of measure of of pain relief where you literally have to sit there. I mean, Pavlov's bell. We, we've been trained to get a reaction when we work out injured. So now it's a matter of I have to sit here and mentally overcome the pain that's about to happen in order to stay in shape and to do my job. But you've yeah. limited my resources to take care of that pain because I'm not going to, I'm not going to pop an opioid every time I work out because then, I mean, Right. The only thing I'm going to get done all day long, apparently, is is working out. That's it. I can't do that. I have a life. I have <laughs> other things. Oh, and by the way, I'm a smaller person, so I don't know how an opioid would hit me. Am I still going to be high as a kite tomorrow morning when I, I wake up at 5 a.m.? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not yeah. going to risk that if I if I work out later in the evening. Um, and that's just that's something that really bothers me is we've really limited with stigma are people's ability to stay healthy um, and stay in shape. And we've, we've, yeah, it's just, you know, it brings up the question then it's like, so, okay, so how do we fix it? Right. I I mean, if there's a matter of this understanding that um, we're limited in our options, if we have, uh, you know, a, a very reactive way of handling pain, sleep issues, um, mental health, you know, we basically wait till there's a problem and then you go to your doc or your therapist or whomever and you say, I have these issues and then they try to solve them after. And then, I mean, traditionally, I can speak very confidently for the entire fire service when I say this. If you have a sleep issue or a pain issue and you go to the doc, they're going to give you medication. You know what I mean? And sometimes that's absolutely necessary, but I would love to see a day where we go to the doctor and we say, hey, doc, I have insomnia. Um, I can only force myself to sleep for about an hour or two every night. What do I do? I would love for that person, for him or her to say, can you try some natural stuff? And I'm going to give you a list, right? And on that list is all the stuff that every sleep expert touts. And that's, you know, timing your light exposure uh, properly, you know, with daytime and night, um, avoiding screen time, proper sleep hygiene with like the room temperature and your mattress and all this other stuff, what you're eating eating um, sleep-promoting foods, you know, that naturally produce melatonin, like pistachios, tart cherry. There's like a ton of really good research on these things. And it's double-blind, placebo-controlled research. It's real research, peer-reviewed research on how these foods help you sleep better. And also CBD, which has a a pretty strong case for increasing um, non-REM sleep and also uh, overall um, alertness the next day. You know, and uh, same thing, double blind studies, like peer reviewed, published stuff. Uh, But we don't. And, um, you know, and I'm not just talking about CBD. I'm talking about a a truly holistic approach where you can try to say, I want to um, deal with this in a natural way and not have to just give you 
one of the two sleep medications that could potentially screw you up forever. You know, like that sucks to me. Um, I know I always, I always harp on this, but you know what it's worth harping on. Um, We're in, we're in a staffing crisis nationally right now. Right. So people who may have throughout their careers worked a 24 hour shift or a 36 hour shift are now working 48 hour shifts, 50 hour shifts, 60 hour shifts. Um, And if you've never been in that situation, you know, around our, 50 when I'm packing up my stuff to go home I get caught in this really really very bizarre and I still can't put my finger on it mental feedback loop where I'm like screw it my stuff's already here I know where a grocery store is to get food um yeah. stuff's already on the rig I'm, I'm here the morning's already started I know there's a spot that's open I might as well just stay and it's this yeah. very bizarre train of thought that takes me a couple hours to get out of and then when I do get home, I, I can't come off duty. Switch off? No, can't switch it off. Um, you know, jumpy at the little noises. Still, I'm kind of in listening for call mode. So then, you know, if you do only have 12 hours off or 24 hours off, you are not coming to a true mental rest. And your options for that are, are limited if you're someone. Um, and and to, to back up a little bit, I I. I have a bunch of autoimmune diseases, so I don't even like to take Advil. Um, I, I wouldn't refer to myself as, as a crunchy essential oil kind of person at all. I do believe in in medicine, but I do try to limit it because I never know how my body's going to react to it. So for yeah. people like me, you know, what are, and, and the rest of the fire service, <laughs> our options are so limited in terms of coming down off of that. And you mentioned CBD and anxiety. Um, and just, that could be something that could help us, right? Come off shift. And that could be something that could, could could that be something that could actually help us on shift if we don't have a cannabis, if it's not written in our, Hey, you can't use anything with cannabis, which you already clarified. It's, it's been separated from legally. Mm -hmm. Um, is that even something we can take on shift if we're working this ridiculous mega shift and we're starting to find ourselves in that weird zone and we can't go home? Yeah, I mean, from a physiological standpoint, there's nothing wrong with taking CBD during the day. It doesn't make you feel tired. And, um, you know, it doesn't have that, uh, um, uh, like, grogginess, feeling like like Benadryl or something like that would, would have. Um, there are, a, there are a, there's a small percentage of people, it's less than 1%, that when you take CBD, you do feel like that, like what they call somnolence. But that's not common. That's actually a negative side effect even though some people want that feeling, you know, some people want to take it and knock out. Um, that's not what CBD does. And, and there have been studies, um, multiple studies where they give high doses of CBD, hundreds of milligrams and do a field sobriety test and do like a driver's test to see if there's any kind of inhibition of reaction time. And there's none, um, combined with the fact that, you know, there's no, um, there's no evidence to say that it stops you from waking up or it, it inhibits your ability to wake up. They've done this in human and animal studies um, with sleep latency, um, as well as like your alertness the next day, there's no change. So it is a very safe thing to take during the daytime. And a lot of people take it because uh, during the daytime in small doses, um, it's kind of crazy. But uh, if you take a tiny amount, 
it increases a feeling of alertness. And if you take too small of an amount, it'll actually stop you from being able to sleep. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird paradox. It's almost like Benadryl to bring Benadryl up again. If you take a small amount of Benadryl, it'll make you feel really, really tired. If you take a large amount of Benadryl, you're you wired. Hyper, yeah. Oh my God. Don't, they, don't make that mistake with kids on a plane. I did it on a plane, not with kids, but I, yeah, I, I uh, don't have kids, but I, I, I took too much on a plane thinking I was like, okay, I'm going to take a bunch. And I was like, I could not sleep at all. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting the way that works. So to answer the question more thoroughly though, um, the, the real answer is it depends because we don't truly know the underlying cause of anxiety. You know, as far as like a physiological response, we know that um, a lot of anxiety medication affect serotonin. And that's why CBD has been explored so extensively um, is because of its direct effects on that, that serotonin receptor. And I was, I'm, in the middle of writing a, a long piece for the magazine Crackle about this. And um, I've been really in, in the research the last week or two. And uh, there is study after study after study for 15 years from multiple countries about how CBD affects serotonin. And um, a lot of people, when they take CBD, they describe this relaxed feeling or like a good mood. Um, and your endocannabinoid system directly affects mood. And the way that it does is it affects serotonin and a little bit dopamine, but um, you know, with those things in, in, in mind uh, is your feeling of switching off. Like, what is that feeling? So the question would then be if the feeling that you get when you come home and you only have 24 hours off and you know, you have to go back to work the next day, which I know the feeling, you know, you're, you're sitting there like, a little bit jittery, you know, you, you jump at small tone, you know, you think you hear the tones or, or any of those things. Should I take Is a, a nap? Am I going to wake up groggy? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's an all the time. very indecisive. You sit there and you don't know how to handle mm -hmm. the, the precious time and, you have off. Yeah. And, and I think there are, from what I've read, um, you know, and not trying to, to, to say this is PTSD because it's not, but it, it is a form of post-traumatic stress. It's not post-traumatic stress disorder, but that feeling of unease, of waiting to hear that, that, that call. You ever think you hear the tones when you're at the house, you know, or something like that? It's like a post, post hyper alert state. Yes. It's an alert state. And, you know, therapists have told me that that is a, a, a form of stress. Um, and it is from, you know, being at work. Um, so it's a very minor form of PTS, but, uh, you know, as far as like hearing that stuff and like wanting to jump, your body is just super alert. Um, and now when the body is in that uh, state, you have a, an abundance of cortisol um, and cortisol, uh, it's a really good thing. It's supposed to ebb, um, you know, at night and, and wear off and make you, you know, so melatonin can kick in and they fight each other, melatonin and cortisol. So melatonin makes you feel tired and cortisol um, makes you feel really, really awake. And it's like the sympathetic fight or flight feeling, you know, so it's supposed to slowly rise in the morning and uh, come up with the sun and it's supposed to go down with the sun. So you're supposed to balance your days with, with cortisol, with, with light exposure. And, um, you know, we're not doing that on shift, obviously. Lights come on in the middle of the night and then all this stuff. And then the feeling of stress and anxiety, your body thinks you're getting into a flight. It starts releasing all of your sympathetic stuff and cortisol. And uh, cortisol is shitty for two reasons. One, if you want to take a nap and you have high cortisol, you ain't doing it. Um, that's why, like, if you ever work out 
and you feel like super awake, uh, and, and you that's why they say you shouldn't work out close to bedtime, that's cortisol being released. Um, and uh, also it has, uh, if it's chronically high, you know, you are creating um, oxidative stress again, you're creating inflammation. And uh, CBD has a very, um, per, a very pronounced effect on cortisol where it does reduce excessive cortisol. So it's, it's understood that CBD affects serotonin and that it does affect cortisol to a lesser extent, but it does. Um, you know, if it's from one of those two things, you know, we could have this effect on our mood at home and the, the ability to switch off. The question always comes up, what is the dose for that? You know, so like, um, you know, that's where the research kind of comes into play. You know, it's uh, for anxiety. You know, it was shown as little as 25 milligrams. Um, some people have taken three or 400 milligrams. So it's it's hard to say, but I do know that, um, you know, it's a long answer, but it's hard to answer that stuff without like really diving in. But, you know, with those two things in mind, if you if that feeling is somehow related to serotonin or cortisol, then CBD is money. You know what I mean? It, it's it's very effective with with helping with those two things. It just it's hard to say like what that actually is because I don't know how much researchers have done to say like what what causes that hyperactive state or that hyper alert state for us. You know, it's well, a really unique problem just in the fire service and first responders. One thing that I I tread into this lightly um, because it, it is a a sensitive topic is how many people have we had come off duty and within those 24 hours have a cardiac event and pass away. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you've never looked up the rates, I don't mean you, I mean anyone listening, never looked up how cortisol affects your cardiac health and rates of heart attacks. It's there. So that's another question for us is, you know, could something like this, protect us when we come off of those incredibly stressful shifts where we've run a fire or run a couple fires or put our body and our stress levels both physically and chemically through a ringer you know what are we doing yeah. to to bring that inflammation level down so that our, our our stroke and and heart attack risks come down because they're they're high I would, I would love to have it like uh in the same way where you know they recommend you to, to take fatty acids, you know, omegas to help reduce um, your, your, uh, which are antioxidants, but they help you reduce your risk of heart disease and um, diabetes and things like that. Um, the same thing with CBD where, you know, they're like, Hey, we know this is a, we know this is a potent anti-inflammatory naturally. Um, and the inflammation that, that we're really worried about, like chronic inflammation, like oxidative stress, not, not like I sprained my, my ankle and it's swollen now. Um, which, which is still inflammation, um, but, but that, that's not the inflammation that causes autoimmune disorders, and that's not the inflammation that causes um, heart disease and, and uh, neuro, neurological problems, you know, neurogenic problems like Alzheimer's and dementia. That's chronic inflammation, and uh, same thing, you know. If you take a vitamin or you take a essential oil supplement every day, um, we take it because it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have this problem, but I want to get ahead of it. Preventive and medicine. There's, yeah, it's preventative medicine. And, you know, when they talk about taking fish oil or omegas, there's no overdose problem. There's no addiction problem. There's no um, there's no uh, untoward effects that you would take it for a long period of time. And, you know, we need to categorize CBD in that same thing where it's all of those. Um, you know, World Health Organization released a, a 
a statement on CBD about its effects, and they said that it has no indication of addiction, it has no signs of withdrawal, and there's no dangerous limit. So, I mean, in humans, um, in animals is a different story. Animals metabolize CBD a little differently. You can overdose an animal on CBD, but um, you know, the, the, the fact is, is that if we look at this, like, you know, you know, those studies where they say, oh yeah, if you drink, um, you know, green tea, you reduce your risk of X, Y, or Z by this much percent over, you know what I mean? Like right. they get that by long time, a, a long, a long amount of, of studies over a long period of time. And we don't have that with CBD. So this, this is, I, I just looking at the research, this is going to be one of those things in 10 or 15 years, we're going to be like, man, we should have been taking this stuff for a long time. Your endocannabinoid system is one of the largest systems in your body. Receptor site for receptor site, it's as large or even larger than your nervous system. I mean, it's, it's, it's scope of what it does to all of the systems in your body is insane. It truly is the maintainer of homeostasis in your body. The fact that we do not stimulate it and we don't feed it makes no evolutionary or physiological sense. You know what I mean? It's crazy. It's like, it's like not giving your immune system white blood cells. That's the whole purpose of it. We don't even touch it. It's, it's completely ignored. Hmm. And um, my question is how many, and I just, we're not going to know this answer for years, but how many disorders are we enabling because we're not stimulating the endocannabinoid system? You know, like um, if you were, if you were, immune deficient or vitamin C deficient, you could go take vitamin C. We're endocannabinoid deficient by default because we took this plant that grows everywhere on earth. We took it out of our diet. And what is it causing? You know what I mean? Like, um, there's all these little things. Like if you stop taking iodine, you get a goiter in your neck. You know, if you're iodine deficient, you get a goiter in your neck. If you're vitamin C deficient, your immune system goes to shit. What happens if you're endocannabinoid deficient? The thing that maintains homeostasis in your body. I, again, I can't answer that question, but I know it can't be good. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm curious next, as to what it happens. Yeah. Next time someone calls me a jerk, I'm just going to blame it on that. Never gotten to use the cannabinoids. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. John, for someone who wants to potentially start using CBD, wants to start researching THC, just wants to look into alternative. I hate to use the word alternative. It's not the 1980s or 70s. <laughs> wants to find different non-pharmaceutical um, health benefits from it, what resources would you give them? Have you started to collect resource, resources on your website or any of your social media accounts, something? Tell people where they can go find this stuff, the information. Yeah, I have a like database that I'm building out, and um, the, I, I hope you know sooner rather than later that I have this thing organized, but it's a massive undertaking. I'm, I'm putting together decades of research trying to make it searchable and readable because I have to summarize this stuff because there's a 20 page, you know, studies and stuff. So um, on that, yeah, on that note, I want to put together this thing. It's not ready yet. What is a good, um, a good go between is our Instagram page. I'm always putting up, um, you know, the frequently asked questions and trying to break down how CBD works, you know, by, uh, by, by studies, you know, so we'll talk about inflammation or we'll talk about sleep. Um, on our Instagram page, and then um, the YouTube channel that I have for the Rescue One podcast and uh, my my podcast itself. You know, we do go into a little bit more depth. If, if people want to nerd out on some of the sciencey stuff, it's on there. But if you want the short form version, it's Instagram. Um, you know, and then 
our website has a, a lot of good information and we will be putting up that database where people can kind of show some of the research to policymakers um, or if they just want to research it themselves. Um, but there's a really good website that I'm not affiliated with and I have no relation to at all. Um, and it's called projectcbd.com. And they basically have already done that. They've already uh, made a, a big um, collection of, of uh, research um, and they kind of just write blogs about it. Um, so they're really good for, for things like if you wanted to learn about what CBD does with cancer patients or how it interacts with medications or whatever, they kind of break it down for you there. So projectcbd.org is, is really good. Uh, again, I'm not affiliated with them at all. I just think they're really cool. I love what they're doing. That's a good place to check it out too. It's going to be really interesting to see where we are as a fire service with all these things in the next five years because it's come so, so far in the past five years. So thank you for, um, thank you for coming on here and educating me because like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't touched the subject in, in many, many years after it was shut down in my department and yeah, definitely, definitely learned a lot today. So yeah, well, I appreciate it. And like I said, I, I love talking about this stuff. I think it's so important to be able to have a platform to get the message out. So Thank you, and uh, to everybody who's interested in listening, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy that sunshine. Yeah, definitely. All right, Stephanie, thank you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.